Good morning, everyone. This is Shelley Wrench, Administrator of Gabriel Cancer Center on the Good Medicine is Cheaper Medicine, here with Dr. Nash Gabriel with the Gabriel Cancer Center. And today we're going to talk about the right to choose. Choosing um, choosing your doctors, choosing facilities that you will get your health care in, along with many other choices that, that is avail- available to the public and to the patients. So we... As human beings, as Americans, we choose our shoes, our cars, our glasses, our spouses, our houses. And most of the time, we don't choose who will actually save our lives. Isn't that ironic? You know, Shelley, back in the um, 90s, when... when uh, Healthcare was undergoing transformation, where the insurance started becoming more imposing. Um, that was a time when uh, HMOs, that's the health maintenance organizations, were growing. There was outcry among the people. Oh my gosh, this is going to limit access, meaning, meaning people will not have choices, right? That insurance companies were limiting how many providers they have. In reality, look at us. Is me, us meaning Gabriel Cancer Center. Is there any insurance company that we are not providers on? No. Even the uninsured, we are providers for them, right? Correct. That's what? 5% of our patients. Um, but in reality, um, there is definite restriction on choices. Not by the rules <coughs> written by the law, not by the rules written by the insurance companies. It is by the, for lack of better word, I think President Trump would love the word establishment. It is the establishment. It is the medical establishment, whether it's being the physicians or whether it's the hospitals. They are the ones who are actually compromising uh, the access. Well, I should be careful by saying they are the ones because ultimately... Every American has God's given rights to choose whatever they want. And it's in the Constitution. I think people are relinquishing their God-given right, or call it the Constitution-given right, to choose what they want. Part of it is, maybe I should ask you, Shelley, as, as I'm, I'm a physician, maybe there are things I don't know that you know. Why do you think most people, or not most, a lot of people still don't, for lack of a better word, say, shop around to find who is actually better suited for them as a, a doctor who will actually save their life. You know, having the, the past 22 years experience in talking with patients, every single time I'm just so upset, I don't know what word I can say, but it's it's really confusing as to why patients feel like they don't have that choice. Most of the times when I talk to patients, um, they say, you know, well, the doctor gave me to this physician or assigned assigned me me to this physician. And my goodness, if I don't do what the primary care told me to do, then I can't go back to that primary care. And there's been a couple of times when patients come and, and, and when I ask them about their choice and or if I'm talking to them on the phone, can you you need to seek a second opinion? They'll say, well, please don't tell my primary care because I don't want them to get upset I'm here. I said, but we have to get their medical records. Okay, Shelley, do you think that that fear is legitimate? Oh, yeah. 
You think doctors kind of get upset because we have a very long toes? Can you be, be st- stepped on? Absolutely. Really? Yes. That's not nice. Um, you, you think doctors are, can, some of them can get upset if the patients see, go and choose uh, a, a, a specialist other than... Exactly, and I've, I've heard stories from patients before that they say, you know, when they went back, well, why did you go to see that specialist? I, I signed you to this one. And they get upset when they come back and, and find out that they did not go to the place. So you do agree with my initial statement that, that uh, the establishment is not helping in, in having people actually make their choices. Okay, let me ask you another question. From your experience and your impressions... How often do you think uh, physicians, we physicians, ask the patients when we want to refer them, let's say they want the hernia surgery, whether they, they want this, how often do we actually tell the patients, do you have a choice? Uh, to be honest, I'll give you an example. When I want to refer them to a surgeon, I tell them, do you have somebody, uh, or I refer it to the person who actually operated on me. I mean, I need to tell them that because I know uh, every patient has the legitimate right to say, what if I were your wife or your sister or your mother? I think they have the right to do that. I think they have the right to ask us, challenge us. Would you send me to Dr. X to operate on me if I was your sister? Right? Right. right. Um, from your experience, what have you noted? You know, the, the, one, the one story I always tell patients is, okay, so you're, you, you go out to buy a car. Do you listen to one person that says, okay, you have to go to this car lot and take this car without popping the hood, kicking the tires, checking to see how much money it costs and how long is it going to take? Yet they do that with their own health care. I don't understand why they feel like that mindset doesn't carry over into the health care. Okay. Um, it's a good analogy, but I would challenge you with one thing. I think it's easy to pop the hood and see how good a car it is. How easy is it to pop the hood of a doctor and see how good he is or she is? You know, you just opened up a whole can of worms because, you know, up until, what, four years ago, before mm-hmm. they had the doctor compare and all these websites out there, there was no way you could tell how good a doctor was. A doctor who scores at the lower part of his class versus the, the doctor who... Uh, graduates at the top of his class are still called doctors. They're all doctors. And there was no comparison whatsoever. Recently, uh, about four or five years ago, CMS started putting um, on their website... CMS meaning Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Yes, Medicare. The government, almighty government that runs the healthcare system. Yes. They put on uh, a physician compare. And when I looked on to the physician physician compare to see what kind of data was going to be out there... It's whether we participated in meaningful use, which is a government-run program that we check boxes if patients felt pain or something like that. It's like whether you participated or not in these government programs, it scored you higher than if you didn't participate, which meant nothing. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that's a very good point, by the way, Shelley, because th- th- these programs, I don't think I sh- we should bother the public about these programs, but they need to know that every single time I see a patient, there are about 10, 15 questions I need to answer to satisfy Medicare, and those questions are, did you talk to the patient about smoking? Yes or no. Did you talk to the patient about drinking? Yes or no. I had to answer those. Did you talk to the patient about their pain? 
Did you talk? Did you manage your pain medication? Basically, they asked me questions that I should have done anyways. And did you assess if they could fall easily? And did you assess whether they can fall easily? <laughs> and have you done the mammogram for them at the age of 40, which I don't believe in, by the way. It should be 50. Have you done whatever? Those are... So the, if I answer those questions, number one, CMS, Medicare, cannot verify whether I was honest in my answers or not. Because I say yes. Or I say no. All they want is an answer. Regardless. If I answer whether yes or no, I score top-notch doctor. If I don't, I score the worst. This is the best measure we have for quality. That is measured, right? So let's ignore that part. I hope nobody would look into Medicare website to decide who is a good doctor and who is not. Actually, you think about it, if Medicare cares about quality, they should pay doctors differently based on their quality. Wouldn't you think? That's what they're trying to do, again, with that uh, oncology care model that I alluded to in the last program. Um, they're really trying to put more measures out there, not just like if you assess their risk for following, but where did you document in that chart and did the patient have um, communication with that and did you give that communication to them? It just goes on and on. So, the bottom line is, as usual, the government thinks they have the solution. What did Reagan say? The government is the problem. It's not the solution. And God knows how right he was. Every single time something happens, I realize how right that brilliant cowboy actor was. He was the best. So let's ignore the government. They cannot tell us who is good and who is bad. There is no way for them. They don't have that ability. How can patients tell them? How can patients determine or decide who is better to take care of them? More commonly than not, um, there are more patients that are actually listening to family members and friends and finding out, you know, and doing, doing their due diligence as, as to asking, okay, where, where did you go? What, how was your care there? Um, I think that that's, that's more the norm these days is that they're just asking neighbors and family and friends, just getting some kind of, um, Questions reserved for or asked for. That can, by the way, that can work very well in uh, small communities like ours. Compare us to places like Manhattan, New York. I mean, people in Manhattan, they don't know who next door neighbor is, right? Um, it's, it's very easy for, in, in, it's not very easy. I think quality can shine much easier in the small companies and in the small businesses and in the small townships. And that's an advantage to us, us meaning we the people of, of Stark County, that you know how many, how many car mechanics there are in the area. We know them all one by one now, right? And we had experience with, with most of them, and we know next time I want oil change, I know where to go, Right? Right. Next time I want my tires rotated, I, need, I, I, want, I know where to go. Whereas if I live in Chicago or in Houston, one of those big cities, it's very hard really to tell who is better or who is not. So, to your point, probably the word of mouth. And, and, and I have always been amazed by patients. I always thought that 
you need a um, high level of education, intelligence, whatever, to tell whether a doctor cares or not. Actually, it's not that. Then I also discovered that even pets, even pets, as much as they don't think, right? I think they do think. Oh, I think you have people think that they think. <laughs> I, I think even pets can tell who in the family care about them more than the others. So, to your point, if a patient says they like their doctor, they think he's good, they think he cares, he cares or she cares, I truly believe that that carries more weight than any metric, whether it's the government or whether it is, you know, there are a lot of magazines who actually will rank physicians based on, I don't know what, uh, we've talked about this before, being part of the Good Boy Club. Uh, being part of the good, good, good Boy Club. Some of them actually, if you are a big institution and you fund part of the magazine, your doctors will be listed among the top physicians, right? When you are in the, uh, you fly almost every week like I do, right? And there's always those, uh, uh, the flight magazines, best plastic surgeons in the world and so on. How they decide on be blessed plastic surgeons actually because they pay a lot of money to put their names and their pictures and right exactly. And they, so the again this is another another avenue for us to to educate the public about the complexity of healthcare system and I, I I really have passion towards the freedom of choice because I do believe. Anytime the medical establishment is not doing its job the way I see it ethically, I get outraged and I respond and I attack. And the failure to give people choices is a problem. Well, think about the one patient that we had who came from Nevada for a clinical trial. The way that he chose to come to uh, GCC is because we were the first ones he wanted to get into a clinical trial, and he sent out various emails to, there was only like three or four places in the U.S. that had that clinical trial. There were five places, yeah. And we were the first ones to respond, and that's how he actually chose our center. Because to him, a prompt response is a signal that either you run a good business, or you care, or both. You can't go wrong with that. Whereas you, you, you call an institution or you, you email somebody and it takes them five, six days to respond, that's a red flag. That's really bad news. Um, can you go back again about to the, back to the, to the referrals, to, to, the, to the choice? What do you feel or what do you think about hospitals these days employing physicians? Does that have any effect on patients' ability to, cho- to choose? It chokes it completely. It chokes it completely? Yes. Like strangulated? Yes. How is that? Because they all have to stick to the good boys club, which is you can't refer outside of the hospital that's employing you. Oh, yeah, you have to be careful what you say, because you're saying that doing something, they're doing something illegal. That's not illegal. Uh, it's not illegal that they restrict referrals? I don't think I've seen a lawsuit. Uh, there are two or three of them. Um, uh, many lawyers think it's illegal. Some lawyers think it's illegal. Many, think, many say it is, it's legal. 
But in medicine, I know America is a country established based on the rule of law. Right? America is not a country as the founding fathers didn't say we need to do what's moral for ourselves. No, they said it's the law that matters. So, um, in medicine, I have a little bit of twist about that because medicine, true, it's a business, but it's a business where the lives of vulnerable people are in our hands. Then morality becomes a real critical matter. Right? The question to you is, what, have, what, what do you think is happening when, let's say, all surgeons in town are employed by a hospital? What do they, what do they tell them? Do they, does the hospital tell them, hey, you have to send all your patients to, like if they need a casket, you have to do it on the hospital. If you need to send them to, um, to um, a, a kidney specialist, you have to send them to the ones that we employ. Is that what they do? I wish I knew what how they do it, but it's done. I don't know it's if it's done. just if if it's just something that is unspoken. If they actually have meetings, I'm not quite sure, but you can definitely see with the referral patterns of our patients who finally make it to us because they do talk to their friends and neighbors that they've went through all these other physicians and facilities. They get so upset, like why wasn't I told about this practice? And it's because they've been inside that one closed-door system to all those different specialists and not being allowed to go out unless they make that conscious decision. Can I be a double for a second? Double's advocate sure. meaning? And a double too. Um, a double advocate would say maybe these big hospitals hire and employ the cream of the crop. So everybody employed by them feel obliged that how could you refer outside when my colleagues are the cream of the crop? Am I exaggerating? Well, I, I don't know that, I mean, if, if they're the cream of the crop, why couldn't they make it in their own private practice? You're saying I, that only I guess I'm biased on the private practice side, but... So am I. So am I. Um, another argument they use is that the, let's say, the surgeon who works for a hospital, like, let's say, Cleveland Clinic, they have dozens or hundreds of surgeons, and they have, gosh, how many oncologists, and they never send their cancer patients to any uniquely expert oncologist in town unless they are employed by the Cleveland Clinic. Their argument would be, well, I only work for the Cleveland Clinic, I only interact with the doctors Cleveland Clinic, and these are the people I work with. Right? So, can we really, 100% of the time, blame the establishment for that? It all goes back to, to me, goes back to the people's not only right, but duty to do, to do their due diligence. If doing the due diligence by you as a patient, doing your homework, Inquire from your neighbor, your aunt, your uncle, your ex-boyfriend, your ex-husband, whoever. And if you get some consistent message, and if your family doctor or your specialist is upset because you made the choice, you don't want to deal with those people. You, as an American, you should not deal with people who challenge your ability to exercise your right as a free human being born in the U.S. or living in the U.S. That's the way I see it. Right? 
Right. What have you have your experience been? You, you mentioned a while ago that actually patients do get scared and worried that their physicians will be upset if they choose something different. You know, and it's usually, I mean, here you've got a, a, a patient who is typically a little bit older in life, right? So they already have that fear of, I can't, if I get a bill, I have to pay it and I don't question it. Uh-huh. It's the same thing as... That's something we'll talk about in the future, by yeah, the way. Yeah, that's a Whether that's a you should pay your bill or not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but they're already fearful of going against somebody's word. And then when it comes to the healthcare and they, they've got cancer... They're already completely mummified with and horrified with what's, what experience is going to be out there. So you lay on them everything else that's going on. For them to actually go out there and, and these patients being, you know, Medicare age, they don't all have computers and Internet and they don't know how to Google, you know. So Shelly, by all fairness, before we, we end this program, I want to ask you one important question. You've been the PACS administrator for GCC, and you have been consulting for so many people, and, 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 and you work 24 hours a day. You also are very observant. Have you noticed a change in the behavior of the public? Let's talk about our area, right? In regard to exercising their right to choose physicians. Absolutely. I see more and more... Um you, typically daughters, wives, that are actually looking out there yeah, and researching. Yeah, daughters, they're the ones, yeah. Yeah, daughters and wives that, that uh, are looking, you know, it's usually the women who are, are trying to figure out who, where's the best place to, to go and, and how quickly can I get there. Remember, we even had um, a, a good friend of ours that we've had many dinners with and her mother needed cancer care. I remember that. And she came in and she said, I actually looked you up on Physician Compare or whatever site that and, was. And she asked people. Yeah, before she... Although we had dined with them with her and her boyfriend for a long time. Good for her, though. Yeah. So, I mean, Although I she, more. Probably she, probably she didn't like me when you sit down and, di- and dine with them, but she, she wanted to figure out. But regardless, she double-checked. What have you noticed? Like, when you compare... Um, in the last 20 years, the number, the, the, the percentage of patients that we see independently seeking our care compared to the ones we get referred by physicians. Explain this to the public, please. Yeah, when, when, well, 20 years ago when I first started working there, um, it was definitely uh, the majority of patients were referred. And... Uh, I would say probably around 2007-ish, that was when I started noticing, um, no, it was before that, when we started doing clinical trials in 1999-2000, that's when we first started, because I kept numbers on like self-referred versus... You Remember know, we when, we, when we even bought a column in the newspapers, every week we'll write something about the freedom of choice, the advances of medicine... <clears throat> Those were the days when I realized that the, that the medical establishment actually decide on referral not based on quality or outcomes. It was more like personal thing. I remember one day one doctor said, my wife doesn't like Dr. X's wife, so I'm not going to refer patients to him. I said, wow, this is really extreme, almost to the level of corruption, but we're human beings. Um, I think we have to take some of the credit for the fact that we... We have been effective in educating people, billboards, 
uh, right? Uh, yeah. We'll talk about advertisement, maybe another section in the future, because advertisement was not, it was a taboo for medical profession, although doctors were always free to entertain and golf with those who referred to them. That was not advertisement. But to put a billboard was, whoa, 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 you don't do that. Well, that all has changed. And I think that's all has I think um, I was told, told by a lawyer um, uh, I was golfing with about two or three months ago when he told me it was a Supreme Court that actually decided a few decades ago whether lawyers can advertise. Wow. Right. Because the, the bar, the American Bar Association, thought that advertisement was not professional or ethical for lawyers to do. Um, the old-fashioned medicine where I trained in Iraq and in Scotland, uh, you just don't advertise. But again, both countries, they didn't have the free market that we have here. I am now 180 degrees opposite. I remember the day that you changed your mind because I, I was trying to get you to advertise and, and do marketing you know, uh, a lot before you finally one day came in and just flipped the switch. And, and you, do you remember the case that when that happened? It was when one of the patients who felt that she didn't have the freedom to choose came in and said, why didn't I, I know? I remember, yes. Why and didn't said, I know why about don't you tell people what you had? Because she came for a clinical trial. She said, it's not fair. It's not right. In fact, she told me that you are not doing your duty, that you don't tell people what other options there are in the area. And people don't know about the options. And that was, well, I said, this is a good reason for me to start advertising. Not only that it's good to do, but... So anyway, I think we are close to the end of the program, and, and, but we, we have some, uh, some uh, advertisements, words that uh, you surely want to say about the Liberty Pharmacy. Tell us about Liberty Pharmacy. What yeah. is it? The Liberty Pharmacy um, is a retail pharmacy, um, so that makes it open to anyone in the public to bring in their prescriptions. The reason we wanted to open up the Liberty Pharmacy is because there again we feel like the we named it the Liberty Pharmacy because we feel like there is this freedom. To I love choose. the word Liberty. Yes, freedom to choose where you get your prescriptions, and and part of that cho- choice is going to a place who really really cares, and not just handing the bag to you and say it costs you X amount of dollars. And surely people are complaining about the big chains that the, the personal touch, as we said a while ago. Uh, I, I, we do believe that bigger is not better. But I'm sorry to interrupt right, you. Right, so go right. ahead. But, but Where is it located, by the way? It's uh, at 4875 Higby Avenue, just south of, uh, in Canton, just south Along of Along with the Liberty Clinic. Right, right beside the Liberty Clinic. And the good thing about the Liberty Pharmacy is we don't have uh, milk and eggs and cards and everything else that you have to that they so no ice cream no ice cream darn but you know we don't have these other things that we make patients wait to get their prescriptions they come in they get their prescription and on top of that before we actually ask for the copay we vet every prescription to see if there is any kind of copay assistance for that drug copay assistance so this is like uh, drug companies, as uh, as shysters as they are, they still care about patients sometimes. So they know there are some people who actually cannot afford the out-of-pocket copay. So they establish some 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 funding for funding that. that. And, and we automatically do that with every. Do you think the big chains are conscientious about that and they do that? Not routinely? at all. Not no? at all. I think that was one of the reasons why we decided that we should do this for our patients, and it's uh, it's an investment. There is no and, doubt. And we've been, we've been doing it for our patients, but now we're doing it for the public. Retail Plus, pharmacy. It's also helping. So, Liberty Pharmacy, the really place to go to get your prescription filled uh, by very, very friendly, beautiful staff. Right? 
Thank you. Thank you.